I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Sandra. Yes. We're going to be watching this movie this week. Mm. It's about a guy like with a sword. He's he's going through. um, He goes to this like village, Uh town, people to help them with their water. Oh, are we doing Warrior and the Sorceress again? Like a no, review? No, no, going no, no, back no, 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 oh. no, 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 So, so he, he's this warrior guy, but he doesn't start out so good, but then he gets better. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He, he's going on this desert place. Desert. Oh, like the barbarians? No, 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 no. Not the barbarians. No, no, no. They ride around on these uh, mechanical vehicles in the desert, um, chasing each other. Is it Australian? Is this Mad Max? No, 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 not Mad Max. It's it's on this desert planet. It's on this desert planet with creatures under the sand. Oh, we're doing Dune. Oh, no, no, we're not doing Dune. (laughs) It's not out in Australia for another month. What the heck? (laughs) Oh, that would be why. No, this week we're watching Steel Dawn. Which definitely doesn't have an identity. <laughs> so, is the character's name Steel? Uh, or is it like the Dawn of Steel? No, I don't know how the name relates in any way. Uh, there's sword fighting. And I think it's the dawn of these town people doing something about stuff. I don't oh. know. <laughs> well, that's vague. <laughs> yes. I'm deliberately being vague because there's nothing else I can do. Oh. Well, we love to be vague here on Oldie Buddy Goodie because the premise of the show is that we talk about movies from the year 1987, but sometimes we don't. This week we're watching June. I mean, ah, Steel Dawn. No. Steel Dawn. Dune isn't out for another month. No. In Australia, at least, all my friends are giving it five star reviews on Letterboxd, and I'm like, I'm ki- I can't see it yet. So yeah. Sad. I mean,. We could see it, but, no. but we're waiting for the cinema release. I'm gonna. I'm waiting until I can see it in the in the theater. Yeah, this uh, Dune, I think, will be the first movie I'm gonna watch in cinema for like a year and a half since Mortal Kombat. How long ago was that? That was like mid year. Yeah, yeah, half a year. Sorry, not a year and a half. Half a year. Half a year. It felt like a bloody year and a half. I tell you what. Oh, mate. it felt like a year and a half. Yeah, no, no. Literally, I thought it was a year and a half. <laughs> it's just like lockdown. Am I right, boys? Hey, welcome to Aldi, buddy, goody. My name is Sandy Sand because this ah, is a desert movie. I see what you did there. Mm, your name is Steel Zack. <laughs> They call me Steel, Zack. Mostly because I carry around a lot of steel on me. Not swords or anything, like bars of steel. I trade them. Would you like to buy some steel? Uh, well, I would buy some steel off you, but all I've got to buy them with is sand. That seems like a poor choice of commodity to trade with, seeing as I am currently standing in a load of sand. Steel Dawn, was this mm. good? No, no. No. No, it wasn't. No. 
It almost tricked me. It almost, <laughs> almost got you. It always pranked you. I, I certainly um, found this movie uh, a bit coarse, a bit rough, and it, it just went everywhere. You know. Yeah, it wasn't smooth and <laughs> yeah, and, and soft and soft and warm. Yeah, like like Natalie Portman. <laughs> um. Yep. <laughs> that was the connection I was making. Yeah. That yep. scene. From that popular movie that everyone hates. You usually like these sort of movies, though. So, like, when I was watching it, I was like, this is okay? It started off really interesting, and then it got kind of boring, and there's some good fights in there. But the whole time I was like, Zach will probably like this. So here I'm throwing over to you, did you like it or not? So I think I would have liked this movie a lot. I think I would have, I would have, I would have, you know, I got my action, I got my hero. He goes to a town, he helps them out, he defeats a bad guy. Very generic story. But there was a whole bunch of plot holes. See, you say plot holes. I say, who cares about (laughs) plot (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) However, the, the film does take itself very seriously and focuses on the plot, which is why it's bad. I think. Mm. Well, not bad. I keep saying bad. I think there's a lot of good stuff in here. Well, yeah. I say good, I mean competent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the problem with this movie is it takes itself seriously and focuses on the plot, but the plot is the worst bit of it. Yep. And if it just unfocused from the plot and just be like, here's just some cool fight scenes. Here's this dude. Here's this family. Here's the stuff. Which it does, it does do. Sometimes. In points. There's that whole, like, thing where he, he bonds with the son. He's like, hey, I knew you, dad. I'll teach you how to fix a doom buddy if you do a dumb handstand. I'll you know? help you build a pod race. I mean, sorry, you're not Anakin, you're another kid. Yeah, 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 my bad. Uh, yeah, it's hard to not compare this to other movies because the plot is literally every western from the 50s. Yeah, it's... Cowboy come in, cowboy defeat big bad guy. Cowboy gets the girl, but then has to leave at the end, and then the son of the girl wants to go with him, and then he's like, no, you have to stay here. The life of a lone ranger is bad. But hey, this one has a dancer doing fighting, and that's cool. (laughs) I presume that was the bad guy at the end that he fought? No, this is the main guy. He's a dancer. Oh, it's the main guy. Yay. He's a dancer. Ah, dancer, there you go. I, uh, didn't, I didn't know that. I'll name drop him in a second because we're going to go through some facts. But first, you pick this out of so many other options. We're going to go through them all and I'm going to make you feel mm. bad for choosing this film, even though it was the obvious choice. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, you had Cry Freedom biopic about the South African anti-apartheid uh, activist Steve Biko, which could be good. Yep. Uh, and then Death Wish 4, The Crackdown. Yeah. Which is a uh, <laughs> Equal to the long-running crime series about fighting the drug trade. Get it? Crackdown. Yep. <laughs> cracking down on drugs. The word cracks in there. Yep. Cracking down on crack. That's the one that you would have picked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that just has a fantastic name, so, you know. <laughs> gotta, gotta see what that's all about. I'm sure the first one's pretty good. Yeah. Then you would have had to watch two more and this one. Yeah, which is definitely not happening. <laughs> Uh, you had a film called Hello Again, a plastic surgeon's wife chokes to death, and then a year later, her occultist sister brings her back for some reason. Oh yeah, that one did sound pretty funny, actually. It sounds alright. There was Hiding Out, a witness disguises himself as a high school student to avoid being killed by the mob. That one all- Man, 
They said it. This is this is a fun week. Less than zero, bunch of rich kids. One of them is played by Robert Downey Jr. They struggle with drugs and are sad. It's all it's all sad. Don't care. Moving on. Made in heaven. Two souls cross paths in heaven, and then uh, and then they try to reconnect when they're reborn on Earth. Great. Morning Patrol, a Greek sci-fi art house movie about a woman trying to cross a city's forbidden zone. That's apparently we did art house the other day. Don't care. Ruskies, uh, three patriotic adolescents. Oh, bloody sounds like the whole bloody Australia. Oh, oh, uh, confront their worst fear when they find a shipwrecked Russian sailor on a Florida beach. That actually could have been pretty good. That that, that does sound quite funny. <laughs> My God, a Russian! Oh no! <laughs> so quite a few options that could have been fine. Yeah, yeah. And instead, you chose Steel Dawn, which, to be fair, sounded. A lot more interesting than it ended up being. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. We've already done, like, Warrior and the Sorcerer yeah. and other desert movies. We didn't e- We didn't even mention, uh, uh, what's it called? Space Lips? Something Lips. Vicious Lips. That's it. That, that, they, they got stuck on a desert planet as well. So much desert. It's almost like there's a desert set near Hollywood studios that everyone could just freely use. Oh, there are scenes in this movie where you can tell it's the same valley from the barbarians. Yep. It's the same sand dunes from Conan and Dune. Like, it's just yeah, it's so yeah, obvious yeah. where it's set. I remember watching Star Trek. And in Star Trek, it's iconic that they use some of the same planets in different episodes. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, at, at one point, I remember... Because I, I did the, like, the marathon sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I watched a movie afterwards. I can't remember what movie it was. What's the sci-fi one with uh, Indiana Jones? Blade Runner? That's Blade not Runner. set on a desert planet. No, no, no. But there was a scene. Okay. Anyway... Moving on from this rambling cascade, <laughs> I noticed that there was a lot of similar desert and a similar rock in in certain oh. scenes, and it completely took me out of the movie and ruined it. Wow, So great. thanks, Star Trek. I'll probably watch you again soon. Star Trek, pretty good. Blade Runner, also pretty good. What's better than Blade Runner? The sequel. Who directed the sequel to Blade Runner? The guy that directed Dune. I just want to watch it. <laughs> I just want to watch it. Where, why would you? Australia, come on, just cinema, just, we want to get, here's my money, you take money, <laughs> take it, I watch movie. Shang-Chi, Marvel movie, yeah. was released as soon as the cinemas reopened, you can go see that. Do you know, i got to wait until December, why do I have to wait until December? What? So sad. Unbelievable. You know what, out of spite, I'm going to go watch the old <laughs> You know what, I, might, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I absolutely want to, just before watching that movie, although... I, do I want to be reminded of the plot? Maybe I want to go in as fresh as possible, but also... I mean, it's not the most amazing plot of all time. It's pretty it's, it's pretty A to B. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but also, David Lynch. Oh, but you can watch the extended version with, with half an hour extra stuff. That's a good idea. That's a good idea, actually. We're sorry, <laughs> listeners. This is going to be a very Dune-heavy episode, but it's not going to be us talking about how much we love the new movie Dune. It's going to be us talking about how much we really want to watch the new movie Dune. <laughs> but it didn't come out in Australia. Wow. The second one's already confirmed. I just want to see it. Wow. <laughs>
Anyway, uh, Steel Dawn was released November 6th in 1987. What movie? Steel Dawn, the one that we're meant to be oh, talking right. about. Oh, sorry, sorry, I, got, I completely, whoops, forgot about that. It's directed by Lance Hool. Mm. Uh, he produces lots and lots of movies, but he's directed four features. Count them, four features. Ooh, one, two, four. The, the, the film he directed just before this, his first ever movie that he directed... Uh, was the sequel to a Chuck Norris movie that we did this time last year. Whoa. He directed Missing in Action 2. He directed that. Whoa. Yeah. Big connections. Was it good? Apparently it's better than the first one because it's actually set during the war. Ah, well, that's cool. Uh, the film is written by a guy called Doug Leifer, uh, who went on in 1991 to be the second unit director on Army of Darkness. Hey, well, there you go. Which we've covered over on Patreon. He also did a bunch of TV stuff and then finally got to direct his own feature film, which is Dragonheart 2. Mm. <laughs> Remember the Dragonheart movies? No, not at all. It's Sean Connery and the worst-looking CGI dragon you've ever seen in your life. I'm going to have to look it up now. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that is rough. <laughs> that bad, CGI hey? is rough. I think Sean Connery voices the dragon? Yeah. I know Dennis Quaid's in there as well. I'm not entirely sure. To be honest, I saw it when I was six and it gave me nightmares. Not because it was scary, just because of the CGI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's one shot, they have like a screenshot where it looks like really touched up. Yeah. And then there's other ones where <laughs> you can very clearly see, oh. Classics. Oh, that's so rough. There was a 2020 movie called Dragonheart Vengeance. Uh, apparently they're trying to bring it back. Oh, there you go. Good on them. I have never seen this movie. Uh, for the cast, Patrick Swayze is the lead. He plays a character who we only know as Nomad. Does he not ever say his name or anything? Just like a lone wanderer. Yeah. That's a pretty classic, like, Western sort of stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they just refer to him as, like, the guy, the combat guy or whatever, yeah. you know. I remember the bad guy saying that, and I was like, oh, yeah, he doesn't know his name. And then I moved on. I haven't realized no one knows his name. So he was in Red Dawn before this, which is funny. Red Dawn, Steel Dawn. Some people think they're sequels, which I kind of <laughs> yeah, would like them to be because that's kind of funny. That That's one of those memes where it's like, I don't get this franchise. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Although, like, Red Dawn's about uh, Russia invading America or something. It's tomorrow where the war began, but it's the Russians, I think. Right. And um, this film takes place after a nuclear holocaust of some sort during a third world war. So maybe it is the same character. Ah. It could be. Who knows? They do keep referring to the war. So maybe that was the war. Mm. Um, 1987, big year for his career. He was one of the leads in Dirty Dancing. Massive hit. Nice. Uh, we didn't cover it, but it's a good movie. Nice. So he did that and then he did this. He was also in Point Break. He's in Ghost. He's in heaps of stuff. And he's fine in this movie. Do you know what I have to say to that? Nice. Alongside him is Lisa Nimi as Keisha. Uh, they were both married. Wait, both of them? Yeah, yeah. Oh. They're both married from the mid-70s right up until he died in 2009. They were married for oh. quite a while. They go. started doing dancing in the 70s, and then he went more into film. She stayed doing dancing, but she's in some other uh, small roles in movies as well. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, she had a pretty big role in this movie. Yeah. And she's pretty good. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, I didn't, I didn't, you know, think she wasn't an actor. Mm. So 
props to her. There's a moment when I thought that the the kid whose name is Jux yep. to position, huh? No, ha. Uh, <laughs> jokes comedy podcast. Um, there was a moment <laughs> when I was like, "Is he their kid?" But then I was like, "Did they have a kid at that point?" I don't even know. But no, he is Brett Hall, and I think he's the son of the director. Ah. I think the kid is the director's son. Yep. That checks out. Because he hasn't done anything else. He doesn't have, like, an IMDb no. page or anything. I, I, I couldn't find anything on this kid. Huh. Uh, and he's also pretty good. Yeah, I like his... he, he, he His acting's alright for his age. Yeah. I mean, it, it's believable. They have, like, a whole, like, my father died in the war. He was a commander. And the other guy's like, I knew your father. He was a great man. And he's like, oh, man, you're just like my dad. Can you teach me how to be a soldier just like my dad? And he's mm. like, no, being a soldier sucked. Your dad literally died from it. Like, it's bad. Don't be a soldier. <laughs> that was a funny... Yeah. <laughs> and then Dux is like, but I want to learn to fight. And the guy's like, well, if you want to learn to fight, you have to do this dumb handstand. <laughs> Once you've mastered that, I'll teach you how to fight. And then he never does. Does he ever teach him anything about fighting? No, the kid masters the handstand and then he never teaches him anything because he's got to go off and save the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a liar. Yeah. He doesn't hold up his deal. Bad bloke. Just saying. He could have taught him a few moves, you know, to help out, but no. Uh, the rest of the cast, we got the blonde guy, whose name is Tark, the old man of the village. Yep. He's played by Brian James, who was in Blade Runner. Uh, he's in a bunch of other B-movies as well. He usually plays the villain. Yeah. So it was cool seeing him as not a villain. Yeah, he's funny. I love his, I love his face. Yeah. Whenever he, whenever he pulls at an expression, he, he keeps doing this, like, surprised awe face. <laughs> yeah. He does it several different times in the movie, and it's incredible. There's one scene that we'll get to that was very funny with him and the way that he was acting. He's, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's very good. And then playing the main bad guy, Damn Neil. Yep. That's his actual name. Damn it, Neil. The actor Anthony Zurb plays him. He's in all the Matrix sequels. Mm. He's also in, like, a Bond film. I think mm. he plays a lot of villains. He does feel like a Bond villain. Oh, yeah. Like, throughout the whole thing, it's just like, is he a Bond villain at some point? Turns out he, he probably was. I was trying to find the actor that played the evil sword guy, but there was nothing. I know one actor. Yes. One of the bad guy extras who actually got a few lines, which I was, I was like, oh, yeah, nice, nice. He, as you probably know, played the mummy. <laughs> Yep. In, in the feature, The Mummy. The Mummy's in this. Yeah! But he even has lines as well. Yeah, that was that was weird when he showed up. I was like, yeah, what yeah, yeah. What is this? Oh, hey, he's an extra. And he has, like, lines where he's like, we should stab him more. He, he does that. He's the one that tries to stab him in the bathtub. That was a great scene. And the guy, like, grabs it off and be... You should be careful with sharp objects or whatever, and then tosses the spear back to him, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's a great time. Great movie. No, it isn't. Uh, speaking of it not being a great movie, the reception Oof. is there's no critic score. Ah, but, 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 here, here's the thing, Sandro, Sandro. Mm. There are some reviews, and if you compile them together... You did this, I also did this. <laughs> ah, you also did it. It's two negatives and a positive. 
which would be 3.33 recurring. Uh, 33%, yeah. Yes. And uh, the audience score, 34. 34%. So, yeah. pretty accurate, Pretty accurate, say. which is what I'd give it, like a 2 out of 5. It's a solid 2 yes. out of 5, which I think is what I gave Nightflies as well. They're pretty similar. It's a 33.5%. Yeah. It has 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb, though, so that's a little bit higher. Mm. But yeah. A lot of the mm. reviews at the time were like, yeah, look, it's not badly made, but I've seen this before. And also, some of the action was good, and some of it wasn't. That was all the reviews. God, I nearly fell asleep during that. I know. That is, that is, that sums up the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, here's the thing. This is the big oof. Uh-oh. Because this cost $3.5 million. Uh-oh. However... It only played to 300 screens. What? Which, when you compare that to the whole of America, is pretty small. What? Why? Wait, why did it get such a small release? I don't know. It's not a big production company that, like, were behind it. I think they were kind of hoping for, like, a Halloween situation where people love it, so it then slowly, slowly spreads across the country like a disease... Uh, but a good disease, a movie disease. Instead, the, it this was just kind of stopped. Wow! After a bunch of weeks. That's so bizarre. I I, I hate hearing these stories about people. They like mm. make a a piece of art. You know, it doesn't matter how good the art was, but no. they make it, and then just like the studio doesn't release it anywhere. Yeah, and so no one hears about it. You know. It probably got a decent release on home media, though, mm, mm. because this has been remastered. Okay, okay. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah. Because, like, you know, this feels like a great TV movie, you know? Oh, yeah. This is, this is like, the antithesis of a TV movie. Like, because it's just like the old cowboy TV shows, you know? It's like an episode on a cowboy TV show where the guy waltzes in, saves the day, leaves. But it's, but it's a movie... So you just have it on in the background, and it's like, oh, he's fighting the bad guy now, let's watch that. I think it would be a, a middle-of-the-day TV movie, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ooh. Like, afternoon, maybe 3, p- like like 4 p.m., the kids just got home from school. The kids, yeah, exactly. The kids yeah. just got home from school. This is This has enough action to be like, oh... Although it does have some tartars, I don't know. <laughs> ah, kids can watch some tartars, whatever. That was a scene. <laughs> yep, we'll get to it. Anyway, I've lost my train of thought. But <laughs> what do you think it made? Was the uh, was the question? Uh, well, knowing that a mill maybe. Hmm. Five hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> oh no! Little, a little over half a mil. Yikes. And that's the thing as well. This isn't a good film necessarily, but it's kind of well made. It's well shot. It looks good. Yeah. So it's a shame that it just didn't take off. And I, I like the effects. The props they made, you know, they were pretty cool. Those dumb car things. That, Don't that, know that... what was happening there, but they were cool. I, I guess. I love just like the cyclone era of, of future cars. Yeah, yeah. They just made the most ridiculous-looking bullshit and was like, it's the future. Yeah. This is what they'll look like. All right, there are three taglines, and you've got to pick your favorite thumbs up, thumbs down. The first one is, He is the desert warrior, carving the future with his sword. 
if by future they mean several people, then yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not really changing anything. I would have said I would have said saving a future or something, but I guess carving because it's a sword. Anyway, shaky thumb. In this frightening time, one man makes a difference. Okay, I like that one more. A more positive shaky thumb. It's very generic, though. That could apply to so many movies, but this movie is generic, so it's accurate. <laughs> it's true. What isn't generic, and uh, quite quite uh, targeted, in fact, is this, is this next one. Uh-huh. The third and final one. Yes. Patrick Swayze, the Dirty Dancer, is now a <laughs> desert warrior. Big thumbs up. I love it. Huge, massive thumbs up. Anyway, we should uh, get through the story synopsis just like Nightfly is probably going to speed through this because there's not much here. I do want to spend some time on the opening sequence, what though. A dirty boy. Because I think the opening <laughs> sequence is actually pretty solid. Oh! Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by solid, I mean, made me think this was going to be so bad it's good. Ah. Because it's a very dumb intro. <laughs> it is very stupid. I was like, was it? Was it great? I, I'm confused. I mean, great by certain standards. And by certain, I mean our standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was very entertaining. <laughs> it was very interesting. Yeah. That's for sure. So, uh, it starts off in a sandy desert. Arrakis. Which is unusual for deserts. Yeah, no, usually they're, like, white and they've got, like, caramel on them. And you pay, like, $10 to to buy it from Macca's. And you always hate yourself $10? afterwards. $10? What the fuck are you I, buying I, I, from I, Macca's? It's $10. I haven't Jesus actually... Christ. I don't think they're that expensive. No! No, like a cone is like 50 cents. Oh, it might be a dollar now, actually. Oh, I don't know where I come from. Cones are more like bloody hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I have a joke lined up for the segment already and you've, you've, you've collapsed on it. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. What, what was your joke? We can do the setup again. No, 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 no. We've got to keep going. Keep going. And I'll get to the joke because oh. I was building up to it. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So, All right. So, it wasn't even that good of a joke. It was just a pun. Well, high expectations now. <laughs> no, you better change the joke stupid... to make it better. No. I can't change the joke. I wrote it down as I was watching you the movie. You wrote it down as you are. This is going to be great. Can't wait. No. It's just a pun. It's just a pun. High expectations. Let's go. The guy's doing a hand sand. That's it. I hate that so much. (laughs) He's doing a hand sand. No, no, no. And he's being attacked by sandits. Ah. (laughs) Ah. What my colleague Zach is trying to say is that Patrick Swayze is doing a handstand on the sand and then bandits come out of the sand and they attack him. So, hand, sand, sand, sandits. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah, but it's it's really weird because it opens up with him doing a handstand. <laughs> Yeah. Which we have no explanation for yet. We no. learn later on that that's the meditating, which doesn't do anything for the rest of the film. 
Yeah, they set him up to almost be a samurai type of swordsman. Yes. But, and that only comes in, like, right at the start, and then right at the end when he does a tiny bow before a fight. Yep. And that's the only samurai stuff we ever see. Yes, but it's all stupid and doesn't make any sense. Well, it's sci-fi. It's really annoying, actually, because I was like, oh, cool, they have this meditating thing. Maybe that comes in at the end. Yeah, you know? it doesn't. Nope. Uh, he, he gets attacked by, I think they're called half-men, mm-hmm. which I think was a bit of misleading. They're not that short. Great. <laughs> yeah. it's great. Are these old stuff that you wrote down while watching it? Nope, nope. Just made that one on the fly there. Great. Comedy master. Love it. Comedy. Comedy podcast. Master. Comedy podcast. <laughs> But no, he he has a it's a pretty good little fight. I like his little sword twirls. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's a dancer probably helped. But like, I, I thought it was a decent fight scene. I think I, the fight yeah. scenes of this movie are pretty good. I think this is the best fight scene in the movie, uh, and it's pretty solid. And then the second best one is at the end, and it was also pretty good. Yes, I liked as well just how weird the sandits, as you said, are mm. because they like burrow yeah under the sand and they try to drag him down at one point like dragging him down yes. through the sand it's kind of, it's a cool idea i wish that they were the bad guys for the whole film yeah yeah i wish they yeah yeah that they had more of a a thing in the movie mm. uh, because it makes sense if there's creatures that live in the desert that they would bury under the sand because that would be where it is cooler Obviously, how they bury is very questionable, especially at the speed they do. I'm just saying that the logic doesn't check out here, movie. I don't know. Well, there's also, like, he stabs the sand at one point and blood oozes out, which also doesn't make any sense. Well, yes, but it was also pretty cool. It was pretty cool. He, like, he is, he is one of them in, in the ground and he's like, Whoosh-ah! Yeah. But he stabs the sand and you hear one of them scream. Even though, wouldn't that have been muffled by the sound? It would but have anyway. been. But also, in space, no one can hear you say anything yet, Star Wars. Mm, that's true. So, movie logic, movie logic. In sand, no one can hear you scream. In, yeah. Sand cream. And you're criticising my jokes. <laughs> I um, didn't write that down, though. I'm sure that if I wrote this down when I watched I, the movie... Uh, I didn't write the other one down, either. Yeah, oh, you wrote God. sand... I... sand stand... <laughs> I wrote hand, sand, and sandals. That's what I wrote down. And it was very funny at the time, and it still is. Thank you very much. So Swayze defeats these guys, then he walks off to meet his sansei. Oh, boo. That was good. I liked it. Really? I I didn't. I, I liked it only because it was so bad. It was on quality of my life. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so this guy taught him everything that he knows about the power of the sword and he's this old kind of sensei bloke yeah they have a conversation does it go anywhere i think it was just exposition yeah well there was a line uh which is the first quote i wrote down where the sensei goes up to patrick swayze and says you used to be faster and patrick swayze says well you used to have more hair and that's the first line of dialogue that we ever get from (laughs) from swayze and i was like that's on brand that's a good line good stuff good stuff (laughs) yeah but yeah they have just a big exposition before it takes a drink and then the guy's like, oh god, this drink's poisoned. And he knocks the, the drink out of his master's hand before yeah. he can drink it. Which is then the bandits pop out of the walls. Whoa. Whoa. And they grab the old guy and they stab him in the stomach. And the old guy, yep. he's dying. 
and his last words are, ow, which I thought was funny. I haven't thought about it, but like a lot of the time when someone dies in a movie, they go, ah, or ah, they don't go, ow. <laughs> that is true. That is an unusual one. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I want to I throw out something here. So he dies to the combat master or whatever it is that we... Mr. Mullet is what I called him. Yeah, Mr. Mullet. But Mr. Mullet later on... Yes. Um, ...has this whole thing where he wants to fight the guy mano a mano. Yes. Like, one-on-one, he doesn't want anybody to interfere, he wants a good combat, he wants to have this whole thing. Why didn't he do this with the sensei here? Instead, they try and poison him, and then ambush him at his home with lots of different people and then doesn't give him a chance to defend himself and just stabs him um literally his whole character later on is like i am a bad guy but i have some honor yes and i want to fight him one-on-one because i want to get the best fight of my life sort of thing why didn't you do that with the master of the guy that you're fighting now There's three fights between Mullet Man and Swayze. Yes. Is the first fight that? Is there a sense of respect during the first fight? Or does he gain that respect during the first fight? No, no, no. The first fight, uh, I think he whoops his ass. Okay. Like, the mullet mullet guy whoops his ass, but then he's like, I want a proper fight from you. I'm going to wait till you get your sword. Because I think the guy doesn't have his swords or whatever. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to wait till you get your swords and then we're going to have a proper fight. Like, he lets him live because of this whole plot point that he wants to fight him properly, right? But then in this intro, he's poisoning people. In his intro, he's trying to poison and then just stabs the sensei guy. Maybe because he's meant to be an assassin. Maybe he was paid to assassinate this old guy, but he was also paid to assassinate Swayze. So who knows? It it doesn't make any sense. See, what they should have done was like the the guy challenges his master to a duel, and yeah. then they battle, and then he kills the master, and then the other guy's like, "No, but I'm on a bound. I can't interfere. No, I'll find you, you bastard." But then they, like, I don't know, they knock him out or something, you know. But instead, they stab him in the stomach and the old man says, ow. So this was, this was one of those plot points which annoyed me (laughs) and took me out of the film. Because later on, when they bring that bad guy back, I'm like, oh, cool, they're going to battle and he's going to kill him. He's like, no, I'm going to whoop your ass, but then not, I'm going to spare you so I can fight you later on. Yeah. Which is dumb movie logic and hurts. Um, That's pretty stupid. That's pretty stupid. What also is pretty stupid is uh, when Swayze, he he leaves this cottage that the old man Mm. was in, the dead old man. He goes back out into the desert. He's walking across. We see marvelous uh, views of like a beached ship in the middle of the desert train tracks it's all very Mm. nice the music is quite dreamy very 80s Mm. synth classic stuff and then we see a dog and the dog looks at swayze and swayze looks at the dog and we get a little (laughs) in the music as they're looking at each other it's very dumb (laughs) (laughs) yeah but no 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 but you missed a key point at first the dog growls oh yeah the dog growls. They're like, grrr. It's an evil dog. And he's like, are you an evil dog? And then he looks at the dog. And then the dog looks at him. Yeah. And then the dog pants its tongue out. And then there's a... 
And now they're best friends. friends. I love the dog, though. The dog is... Yeah, the dog's great. I'm so glad that the dog wasn't killed. I'm so used to, like, movies introducing a nice dog and then killing the dog in the third act. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's... That's such a thing that people do nowadays. Stop killing the dog. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Independence Day did it right. Just have your dog jump out of a giant explosion dramatically. What about the uh, the Meg movie where you've got the the dog? You think the shark ate the dog? That's bad. And then... That's bad. The whole joke was that they made us think that the dog had died. Yeah, and that's worse than killing the dog. I think is <laughs> faking out that you killed the dog. Yeah, dog fake. That's out. the one problem I have with Meg. The rest of the movie is completely fine. Yeah. It has no criticisms. <laughs> but the dog does have one of the best scenes in the movie. Uh, so the dog and the nomad wander the desert and they come across a... Uh... Yeah, it's like the dog doesn't follow him to the farm. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, no, it does. But we don't see it in the next scene at the farm. The <laughs> yeah, dog doesn't no, appear right. till way later on again. The dog just kind of goes off and has its own adventures. I think they were trying to spin off like an animated kids show of the dog. What? No, they weren't. Yes, they were. No, they no, were. No, they were. They definitely they absolutely were. Absolutely not. The adventures of Patrick Swayze's dog. He was the <laughs> dirty dancer. He was the desert warrior. Now see the dirty dancing desert warrior dog. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would watch it. All right. You convinced me. I'd watch it. Mm. It'd be in the era of like Inspector Gadget though, so the dog would be an idiot. Yeah, I'd uh, still watch it. I would watch it. I love Inspector Gadget. Great show. Good stuff. I like the movie. The live action movie. I hate you. (laughs) Just toothpaste everywhere. (laughs) They arrive at a moisturizing plant and immediately I was like, Tatooine? Anakin Skywalker? Is that Aunt Beru? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A moisture farm. He arrives and the kid's like... Oh, it's a it's a desert man and a doggy. I'm just a little kid, and I think he can help me make a wind racer. I'm literally just Anakin Skywalker. Oof. So they're all hanging out at the farm. One of my favourite scenes happens now. They're hanging out on the farm, and we see this like platform, uh, kind of rolling towards the farm. It's kind of like the thing that they, like the Pope would sit on and a bunch of people would like carry around, except it's got like a wheel. It's like a unicycle mm. uh, that people push, that like the men push. And sitting on the platform is this really camp British dude mm. who's like, oh, you're doing a dandy job, fellows. Thank you so much for pushing oh. my platform. <laughs> yes, I've got a telegram for you. Oh, I was so sad he never came back for the rest of the film. He was absolutely the best character. Come on, movie. Ah. <laughs> it was so weird. It's such a weird character on this, like, fancy four-man-powered unicycle chair. <laughs> just... You know? I was kind of expecting the movie to go, like, Hunger Games at that point, because he's quite, yeah. like, a proper fellow. So I was expecting, right, he's from the city, and the city's mm. where all the rich people live, and they've all got the fancy stuff, and then the poor mm. people live out in the desert. I mean, he it could be. We don't know, because we don't ever get any explanation as to who he is or what he does. This is the one scene... Well... He's, he's in the town meeting, but he doesn't do anything. He's yeah. just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, hello, I've got a gift for you. There we go. 
And she's like, oh, how's it going, fancy man? I, lo- I love you. But then Tark's like, oh, no. Fucking Tark. Yeah. So, yeah, he never comes back, which is a big shame. I also want to mention how the bandits have, like, their wind races, which are... Mm. the most awkward-looking, slow-moving cars I think I've ever seen in a sci-fi film. Yeah, they're just like, what are those things you ride down a hill? I know what you mean, but I don't, don't know what the name... Like a, It's not like a wagon. They're not wagons. I mean... Toboggan? Uh, well, no, that's more accurate to what their shape is, actually. I think that, no, it, they're toboggans on wheels with giant metal sails. Yes. And it makes no sense as to why these metal sails do anything or help anything. They just look stupid. They're also really slow, and that makes the chase sequences very funny. (laughs) Yes, because fun fact, if you put giant metal sails on your things, they're going to go really slow. But I guess it uses the wind to move? Kinda. Because they're called wind racers? Yeah. They're like go-karts, you know? Yeah, go-karts, that's it. They're like little go-karts with giant sails. So anyway, the bandits all rock up at uh, the market. Yeah, there's this marketplace. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And the bandits, they rock up like a bunch of bad boys in their uh, in their wind races. And they're like, we own this town. We're a bunch of cool dudes in leather jackets with mullets. I was like, hell yeah. I'm the guy from The Mummy. Yeah, it's me. I'm the guy from The Mummy. <laughs> Which is unusual because The Mummy didn't come out for years after that. So it's weird that he said that, you know. About 10 years. Yeah. They go up to Tark, the old man kind of protector of the village, and they try to get into a fight with him, and the insults that they throw at him are the most, like, PG kid movie insults I've ever seen. They're like, hey, Tark, you're a big, fat, slimy pig, and Tark's like, oh, I'm gonna kill you! (laughs) No, 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 no! He's like, oh, you're gonna have to do better than that to get a rise out of me, which is dumb, because then he's like, Oh, your your mistress is a whore. Oh yeah, they say that. <laughs> Which is less PG. <laughs> that is a little bit. Anyway, Tark immediately then flips the script and punches him in the face. So what was all that talk about, you know, not getting a rise out of him? He doesn't have a mistress. Well, that's the main love interest, right? Because there's, like, mm. they're, they're kind of together. They're not, but I think he thinks they are. Because he's very sad when Patrick Swayze comes in and she falls in love with him. Yes, he is. But he's kind of white knighting, I think. Because, yeah, he's like, obviously he likes the girl a lot. Yeah. But she has no interest in him, so... Because he looks like a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. Always making those yeah. weird faces. <laughs> You're not wrong. Anyway, he, uh, he gets in a fight. At first, he, like whoops their ass, but then they, you know, get the better of him. Yeah, Ben Swayze comes in and says Yeah, Ben Swayze, he comes in and dances their socks off, you know? Yeah. He beats them up, and they're all like, whoa, this stranger has some moves. I wonder who he is. Uh, Anyway, the entire village then goes to a town meeting. That's where we get introduced to the bad guy. The bad guy's bad guy move is to say, I own this town, and then knock over the fireplace. I did find that very funny. <laughs> yes! It was just like, eh, we're the bad guys. Eh. And then they push over the fireplace. They push over leave. the fireplace. And then all like the townspeople are like, sure, you're real tough and mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you push over the fucking fireplace. Wow. 
a bit rude, hello, we'll just set it back up again. It's small, lame stuff like that, that if they didn't take this movie seriously at all, it would have been very fun. Just, like, lame, lame, like, childlike insults pushing over fireplaces. So after the fight in the market, the village people are on board with Swayze being their hero now. They're like, this guy's Mm. great. So what... Uh, when, what's her character's name again? What Kesha does. Kesha? Kesha. Wake up in the morning, the morning. feeling like <laughs> Pete <Diddy. laughs> Yeah, sorry, sorry. <clears throat> and Patrick Swayze's like, wow, talk about dirty dancing, I tell you what. I'm talking on her coat, coat. That song is called TikTok, and it's spelled the way that the app TikTok is spelled. So mm. I've got it. like, is the app named after the song? Or is it just a coincidence? I don't know. I think they just stole the name. <laughs> <laughs> that also makes sense. Yep. So anyway, she shows Swayze this underground water spring that they have in this settlement. Mm, yeah. And her plan is to rig up a pipeline to irrigate the valley, make it all nice. They can grow stuff. They can get their funds up. They can build a city. Yeah, yeah. It'll It'll make the... Well, yeah. With irrigation on all the land, it'll make all the land fertile, yes. which everyone from everywhere is going to come in to be like, oh shit, you've got an an infinite, quotation mark, supply of water? Yeah. Well then, we're all moving in, you know? So it's very valuable, this water. And the bad guy's after it. Yes, and that's, yeah, where we realise that uh, the bad guy now knows that there's some sort of water source around this area, which is why he wants to take control of it. It's just the warrior and the sorceress again, except it's not in a well, it's a water spring. <laughs> Whoever controls the water... Controls Arrakis. Controls the valley. Oh. I mean, Arak... Uh... I mean the spice. Wait. Uh... Hang on. Uh... Whoever controls the force controls the franchise? No, hang on. <laughs> uh, I think that's Disney. I think that's, that's Disney. That's who uh, controls the force. Yeah. Anyway. We then cut to Patrick Swayze out in the middle of the desert in a tiny bathtub. Yes. I loved this. There's so much talk about we've got to preserve the water. Water is sacred. And then they go yeah, underground yeah. and she's like, I've got infinite water. So then we immediately cut to him having the most like extravagant bath that he possibly yeah, could have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. If, he, if you learnt that someone had infinite water, you'd be like, hey, I haven't had a bath in... 20 years. Can I have a bath? Yeah. I remember one time as a child for my, like, for, you know what? Uh, when I turned to 18, I got my one and only bath that they give you, you know, because water is so precious. They then yep. use that water for weeks yep. to, you know, irrigate the land. Oh, and other you're not things. talking about your real. I thought you were talking about your real life then. I was like, hang on, your parents only gave you one bath when you turned 18? What the hell? <laughs> sort of weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do you know why? Because I take showers, because they're way better than baths. And they are better. Plus, you can have a beer in the shower and be a real alcoholic Australian. <laughs> I haven't had a beer, I have brushed my teeth in the shower to save time. I read this article, I think it was like from Vice or something, and and they were like, mm-hmm. you can increase your productivity by 60% by having your beer 
in the shower. I was like, what the hell? What? How is that being productive? I shower in the morning. <laughs> no, oh, I, I don't think it when was I'm, like. When I'm taking my BB long neck, I you think know? It was like, you come back from work and you have a shower. And I'm like, no, I'm either showering before going to work or before going to bed. I'm not coming home and then having a shower unless I'm going to have a big night out. You know what I mean? To be fair, I do take a shower after work occasionally when it's been a hot, sticky day. Got to take a nice shower. But why would I care about productivity at that point? It's true. The idea at that point is to be less productive, the least productive as possible because I just got home. Well, the article went on with a bunch of, like, science, and I use the term very loosely, uh, in classic Vice style. The article was like, when you're in the shower, your mind and your pores open up and they do things that they don't do outside of the shower because it's warm. And the beer makes you relaxed. So you're going to get more relaxed by having the beer in the shower. I'm like, that could make you pass out in the shower. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a good thing at all. Look, I'm very, I'm very willing to try this one out. Well, I did try it out. I did try it oh, out. Oh, because that sounds very relaxing. I don't think it will be more productive. That sounds like bullshit, but re- more relaxing sounds good. I saw the article and I was like, one day I'll do stand-up about this. So, All right. And, and now here I am on a podcast about Sealed Dawn. Who knows if anyone's made it to this point in the show, but I'm not going <laughs> to say this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do tell. How did this go? I mean, I've got to go very soon, so we need to wrap this movie up. But please do tell your story about having a beer in the shower. I was drinking a beer and I was sweat from the water. And some of the warm water got in the beer and made it gross. Yeah. And that's my story. How would that go? I guess you could try and take a cold shower, but you'd still water down the beer, right? Yeah. What were you drinking it out of? A can or a stubby? It, it was a it was a stubby. Yeah, I feel like a stubby. That's that's the ideal way to go. Yeah, I guess you you do the whole like thumb over the yeah. the nozzle. I guess. Well, I had like a. You're not drinking. I had a. I've got like a small table next to the buff. Yeah, uh, you put it on the like. table, so, but that yeah. I think you. That's the that's the issue there. You can't leave it there. Otherwise, you're going to get warm water in your exactly. beer. And that's going to double ruin it. Exactly. You've got to have a cold shower, which already only works if it's a hot day. Anyway, if you've had a beer in the shower, leave a comment down below. Tell us your experience. No, please do. If you'd like to go and have a beer in the shower and tell us, please do. Please do. And make sure it's a VB if you live in Australia, or else what are you doing? Well, it's got to be a VB long day first thing in the morning. Or when I'm taking my shower, I'll have to drink a cup of piss. Uh, That's what what we call beer in Australia. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't realize as an Australian that works at a bottle that that's what you call. (laughs) I just thought you were. were, uh... I'm sure it's a kink. I'm sure Trump does that anyway. No, 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 no. Moving on. So he has a bath. Immediately after the bath, he's like, time to get laid. So he goes, you up? And she's like, let's go. So they go out into the desert, fade to black. I bring up this whole scene because uh, the morning after, they wake up and they're having a conversation. And she turns to him and goes, this has been really nice. We should get back to work on the pipeline. The sun's coming up. And you can quite clearly see in that scene uh-huh. that not only is the sun already up, it's midday. Because the sun's high in the sky. Uh-huh. It's like midway through the sky. And I'm just saying, do you know how the sun works? 
What if it's what if it's a what if it's a Tatooine situation? What if there's two sons? It's not though. It's on Earth. Ah, <laughs> so ah, you've got me on that one. That was just a very weird. Like that took me right out of the movie for a for yeah. a split See, second. It's, it's those inconsistencies that I think ruin this film because yeah. I noticed some as as we said. Yeah. Um. So they find out that the uh, windmill's being trashed by the bad guy. Somehow they didn't hear it at all, so they come back and find the trash windmill, and then the guys come out of a hut literally next to it. Next to it. And, and go like, like Whoa, what? when did this happen? He's like to Tuck, hey, you wanna go steal a pump from them then? And Tuck's like, Yeah. Let's go. They go to the camp, they're sneaking around, yep. they nearly get discovered, so he pulls out a knife and he cuts open a tent and they sneak inside the tent. The tent, however, as a whole bunch of naked ladies. It's all in silhouettes. You don't see anything, but all yes. talks a little bit like, oh, I have to leave. I want to keep <laughs> Oh, wooga. <laughs> oh, wooga. <laughs> yeah, he does that stupid face that he does where he's like, yeah. ooh. But about the moment when he knocks out one of the guards with a sling. Yeah, that was dumb. I laughed at that. Why isn't anyone else using a ranged weapon Ever in this movie. Um, because, you see, the World War Three was so brutal, <sighs> they used up all the ammunition. For, for bows and slings? They clearly mm. didn't, because you could use a sling. There's no trees anymore, so they can't make bows. Sling? No. <laughs> <laughs> Got me good, Chris. Okay. The whole problem is he's too good a fighter to take on, yeah. so they have to hire a mercenary. If they just, I don't know, pulled out a crossbow. And just shot him. <laughs> that yeah. would solve the problem. That would be very good. But I guess that would be too easy, so they can't have the movie doing that. So, yeah, they steal the piece for the pump, they go back to the base, and then the big bad guy, damn, Neil, that's not his name, he's like, damn, Daniel, you remember that meme? It's good stuff. No! He's like, we gotta hire a bad guy uh, to go and kill Patrick Swayze for stealing our pump. And making outdated references. (laughs) The worst thing you could do. And so they hire the guy that killed the sensei dude at the beginning of the movie. Except this time, he's all about honor for some reason. Even though it makes no sense to the beginning of this movie. Like, they're paying attention to stuff like him doing a handstand, because they're setting that up. But they forget to set up, I don't know, the bad guy properly. Maybe he had an acid trip between then and now and gained a deeper sense of his self. Maybe, but the movie doesn't explain it, does it? No. Um. No. Uh, also, there's this whole thing about Tark, uh, he's jealous of Swayze and what's-her-face, so he goes off and gets drunk at a bar, and then they fight, yep. and then he gets killed. Yeah, I thought Tark left for good. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then, then they just rock up, and he's drunk in a tavern or whatever. He's drunk in a tavern. And then they fight. They have a fight, and then the bad guy, Mr. Mullet, kidnaps Jux. Yes. And takes him back to their evil lair. Meanwhile, Patrick Swayze goes back to talk to Kesha, and is like, Yo, they stole your son! And she's like, I'm gonna lock you in the basement, and I'm gonna go find him. What? What? I don't know. How is this your solution, I don't know. It makes no sense. Yes. What also doesn't make any sense is he's locked in the basement, and he's like, I need help. 
Then the dog just runs up. We, we haven't seen the, the, the dog for like 40 minutes of the film. Yes. And the dog just runs up and is like, I'll help you. It makes no sense. It's very stupid because she's like, I'll go reason with him. You'll ruin the reasoning if you come. But she ruins the reasoning herself because she pulls out a knife and is like, you let my son go or I'll cut your throat and then you can take me as prisoner. That's not really reasoning. Yeah, so she decides to abandon negotiations when they go south. Because of course they do. Because you talk with a bad guy and he's like, Oh, so you know where there's water. All right, we'll kill your son if you don't tell us. Yeah. And it's like, well, how did she not see this coming, you know? It's so dumb. She's very stupid. It's very stupid. The kid runs off. Now she's the hostage in the situation. Yes. The kid runs off. The kid jumps on a wind racer as do two other bad guys, two random goons. I think the mummy is one of them. Yeah, one of them's the mummy. One of the other guys is, uh, his key character trait is he's afraid of dogs. Yeah. Uh, so they have a very iffy chase scene on these stupid glider things. It is so slow. The bad guys are like, I don't know, five feet behind the kid in their wind races and the kid's looking over his shoulder like they're ages away and he can like speed away. It's it's one of the funniest chase sequences I think I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it thoroughly. The dirty dancer rocks up. Yep, and he um, dirty dances their vehicles yep. to death. But then, scared of dog boys, pulls out his nunchucks. And he goes, whoosh. And then the dog goes, grrr. And he's like, uh-oh, it's a dog. No. <laughs> and then he runs. And then the dog chases after him. I'm like, yes. Yes. This is the best scene with the dog. I wish the dog was in the rest of the film. Yeah. The dog kills him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Patrick Swayze runs the mummy through with a stake. Right through the midsection. Yeah, spear. They have another cha- uh, dumb chase, and then he spears them. And I was like, R.I.P. Mummy, dude. Oh, rest in peace, the mummy. He's got a strong future ahead of him in cinema. Yes. Good guy. Well, this is where, canonically, the mummy actually died. They talk about him being sacrificed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, buried alive or whatever it is yeah. in, them, in the movie. But this is actually how the mummy mm. died. Oh, I did want to bring up, I think it's during this fight sequence, Patrick Swayze somersaults for no reason, and I can only assume it's for style points. Yeah, but he did he did his own stunts. That's his own flip. So there you go. And good on him. Good on him. For doing his own fighting. Yeah, good on him. They head to the bad guy's fortress. We get Swayze versus Mullet, round three. Because it was at the start of the movie, then it was uh, the one where Tark died. Now it's round three. And they have a weird respectful bow at the start for no reason. It comes out of nowhere. And then they fight. Yeah, because as as we said, they're all about honour all of a sudden. It's not been established. They are the least honourable fighters I've ever seen in my life. It's a, it's a pretty solid fight. And the guy's like, you're the best fight I've ever had. And I'm, all I could think of was like, well, you could have had a better fight if you'd let the master actually fight properly. That would have been a good fight, yeah. Instead of ambushing him at his home after attempting to poisoning him and then just backing him into a corner and stabbing him. The way that Patrick Swayze wins the fight is he de-swords Mr. Mullet, he flings his sword up in the air, and then he runs him right through. Mm. Right through the stomach, and you actually see the sword go all the way through... Which uh, is interesting because that's not something that you really see too much anymore because yes. that can actually give you the R rating in America is seeing a sword go all the way through someone. Oh, so I was quite uh, surprised to see that that was in this movie. I did notice because at the start of the movie, every time he stabs someone, 
it does it cuts to their back and the sword coming out of their back. Classic. So it it, it, it you know very clearly not actually stabbing them, but in the scene you get more of a more of a stab, which was nice. And that was pretty good. So I did notice that. Even though Mr. Mullet is kind of dead, he's still talking, but he's dead. He's basically dead at this point. Yeah. Damn, Neil is like. You may have killed him, but can you kill me? I've got your girl. And Patrick Swayze is like, oh, I give up, sir. I give up. And he puts his swords down. Yeah, I give up. And then he pulls out a knife and yeets it into the guy's throat. Hey! Hey, It's a good thing he's such a good shot. Yes. And then Kesha's like, wake up in the morning feeling like we won. (laughs) Mr. Mullet guy, for some reason, is still alive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Patrick Swayze goes over and is like, hey, good fight, man. By the way, that was me getting revenge for the sensei that you killed at the start of the movie. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did kill the sensei at the start of the movie. I forgot about that. You were there. Oh, I knew I'd seen you around before somewhere. Does he say that? I don't remember that. All I remember is him maniacally laughing after hearing that. He does. <laughs> and then and then he, he I know he asks for his swords. Something to do with honor, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Never explained, and then the guy dies. They all go back to the settlement. They're gonna build the city of tomorrow and set up yep. the new worlds are here in the canyon where they shot the barbarians. Yeah. And uh Mr. Nomad is like, I gotta leave. Yep. I love you, but I'ma leave. My work here is done. There's no more bad guys to kill. And then the boy's like, no, take me with you. you got to teach me how to be a soldier. And he's like, nope. I wrote down the actual quote. And the mm. quote was, I want to be a soldier. I want to be just like you and my dad. Uh, no, you don't. You want to be like Jux, which is your name. That's your name. Your ah. name is Jux. You want to be like you. You don't want to be like me. I'm sad. I've died many times throughout this movie. Almost died, I should say. Yeah, not actually died. You don't want to be like me, a movie star, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> a dirty dancer. <laughs> a dirty dancer. Peace out, kid. And that's the end of Steel Dawn. Woo! He walks off into the sunset, because of course he does. It's a western. Uh, look, I won't lie. Uh-huh. This film was fine, but yes. fine is just not good enough. <laughs> To be honest. It definitely is not. It's just not... It's not interesting. It's not silly. Like, it's not consistently silly enough for me to recommend it to anyone. For on the levels of silliness, because it it tries to take itself seriously. Yeah. But when it tries to take itself seriously, the plot is dumb. It's bad. It's very stupid. You've seen it before. Just watch a better movie. (laughs) Yes, there are better movies out there with similar plots that actually make sense. So, it's an oldie. Yeah. From me. <laughs> no kidding. It's an oldie from me as well. It's probably like 2.5 out of 5. It's like right down the middle, but it's an oldie. Yeah. Uh, that's sealed on. I guess we move on to the next segment. Which is... Rotten Review. Oh. I changed the title slightly. Whoa. Why? Uh, just to change it up, I guess. Cool. It's episode 149. That doesn't mean anything. Keep going. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this is the part of the show where, well, I thought I'd change it to more like, because really it's not raving reviews because it's, it's the key point is it's from Rotten Tomatoes, right? Yes. That's one of the key points. So I'm changing it up. I'm going to call it Rotten Reviews. And you're going to get your reviews from anywhere but Rotten Tomatoes. Nope, still from Rotten Tomatoes. I'm just making the title more accurate. So it's like, why, why just Rotten Tomatoes? Well, it's Rotten Reviews. They're from Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And... Honestly, I think throughout these raving reviews, I think we've truly discovered that these reviews are just, just the worst. They're, they're bad. They're really bad. They're so bad. I can't call them raving anymore. After all <laughs> yeah. these all these episodes, I think I've decided that I'm going to call them rotten reviews from here on out. How about that? So there you go. And it all changes on our review of dumb sci-fi that no one remembers. <laughs> yep. This is part of the show where I give him some reviews and he has to guess the score. That's it. It's all from Rotten Tomatoes, not the critics, because they suck. All right. Bill says, Mad Max, it ain't. (laughs) One of Swayze's worst films. Wow. It definitely isn't Mad Max. It's true. Yep. I'm going to guess that's uh, two two out of five. 0.5. Oh. Yeah. Damn. Dennis says... It's got Patrick Swayze, and it's filmed in Africa. How badass is that? You're just stating facts. Yep. Four out of five. No, 3.5 out of five. Ah, I should have stuck with the four. It's 4.5. Ah, 4.5. 4.5 out of five. We have Russ, who says, only watched 20 Min, and it was pretty dull. No (laughs) desire to watch the remaining hour. That's completely fair enough. It can't be higher than 0.5. It should be no rating because you didn't finish the Mm. movie, but I will say 0.5. It's a one out of five. (sighs) It's a one out of five. Now, now, my question for you, Sandra, was what is a 0.5 for this person? They've watched 20 minutes of a movie and cannot be bothered to watch the rest of the hour. It would be that they saw the trailer and they hated it. (laughs) They watched the first minute of the trailer and then turned it off. Yeah, and they got offended. Yeah, oh, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know what's a 0.5 for this, but they watched the first 10 minutes, and in that, it insults their mother specifically. Just don't review films that you haven't finished watching. Yeah, <laughs> what a great, what a great <laughs> way of... It's my hot take of the day. through. Or be like me, and never watch any of the movies we're supposed to do, and make up the whole thing as we go along. You've been doing it too? I've been doing it this whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> I've just been going off what you've been Wait, saying. Have we just been publishing totally inaccurate reviews for films? <laughs> we should totally do that at some point. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, actually. We have Chris, who says, Random apocalypse lone gunman comes to town with swords. They were all blown away when he slings a stone and all way too stupid to use bow and arrows. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> awesome fight after fight after fight after fight, though. I don't know. Uh, three. It is a three out of five. There you go. Oh, cool. And finally, we have Addison, who says, was a really stupid movie. I disagree. It was dumb in points, but it wasn't consistently stupid. Yep. Two. It was two out of five. Sweet. There you go. Well, I got two right at the very end. How about that? Good stuff. Thank you, you Patrick Swayze. You're a legend. (laughs) Thank you, Dirty Dancer Patrick Swayze. Mm -hmm. We love him. We do indeed love the Dirty Dancer. And we love you, the audience. Sorry to kind of spring it on you like that. Um, Wow. (laughs) 
Yeah, please text me back. <laughs> I showed you my podcast. Please text me back. That is the show. Thank you for listening as always. If you like the show and you want to help out, just tell a friend. That always helps get the show out in front of new people. Just be like, hey, friend, do, do you like Dirty Dancing? And your friend will be like, the movie or the act? And you'll be like, oh, we can talk about that later. But I specifically meant the movie oh. with Patrick Swayze. And this podcast, I'd listened to, reviewed another movie that he did uh, that's kind of like Dune. And I just really want to watch Dune. You can yell that at them mm. and they'll be like, all right, calm down. So that helps out. You can review the show on iTunes as well. You can uh, follow us on Instagram. Send us an email. Have you ever had a beer in the shower? You can send us an email there. Oldiebuttagoodiepod.gmon.com We're on YouTube as well. We're on Facebook for new episode updates. And, of course, last but not least, we are on Patreon. If you want to catch our review of the very weird and incredibly horny space movie, Star Slammer, that is up on our Patreon right now. There's some slamming of stars right there. And now, I've got to pick next week's film. So, your options for this week is... Yes, William Shatner. Wow. Baghdad Cafe. Two divorced women become friends or staying at a remote motel in the desert. Yep. Cherry 2000. A successful businessman hires a sexy renegade tracker to find an exact duplicate of his android wife. Whoa. Yep. Saucy. Cross my heart. A couple prepare to go out on a third date. <laughs> Saucy. Oh, my. A third date. <laughs> oh. Howling 3. Australian sequel to the werewolf movie The Howling. Ooh. Soldiers track down werewolves in the outback. Oh, no. The Running Man. Dystopian Arnie movie based off the Stephen King novel. Hmm. Wow. As tempted as I am to watch a movie about a couple preparing for their third date. Oh, my, how saucy. <laughs> Uh, it's between those last two, and we always, if you're new to the show, we always review two Arnie films a year. We've done it since year one, we did it last year, we are gonna do it this year. I am picking The Running Man as our film for next Running week. Man. I've read the book, I've heard the movie is terrible, but let's watch it anyway. Oh boy, we got another Arnie movie, yes! Yeah. I was kind of interested in Cherry 2000, but at the same time, not at all. All right, well, we wrap it up. The best quote from the film that we just mm-hmm. saw, which, of course, was called Steel Dawn. My favorite quote from the movie is, Ow! <laughs> it's my favorite quote. My favorite quote would be, I just want to watch Dune. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.